Hello everybody and welcome to ooh, episode 5 of the Northern Grow Up podcast. If you've been listening since episode 1 or you're just jumping into this particular episode, thank you for taking a chance on our little podcast and giving us the opportunity to grow and just share our gardening space and have a place to share some thoughts with you. Now, this episode is, it's probably going to be a two-parter, and I'm going to be talking, uh, I feel like every topic is a little bit of a passion project of mine, but this one really truly is. I'm going to be talking about fruit growing, but also fruit acquisition in our northern climates here. So I am here in northern Alberta in zone three, and... This is really a podcast for anybody who is new or seasoned northern grower or even if you're not a northern or zone 3 grower and you just happen to enjoy gardening and you just want to listen in and take in as many tips and join, listen to some gardening and join some gardening communities such as our own here on the podcast, then I welcome you and thank you for spending 20 minutes of your time here with me. So I say it's a bit of a passion project. I'm going to be talking about foraging fruit, growing fruit, finding, and what we do to preserve fruit here um, in our in northern Alberta. Um, but this could apply anywhere. And hopefully it gives you some ideas. Now if you And maybe you find this too, but I find um, the last couple of years we have really been upping our fruit growing game. And not only that, but we have been finding ways to extend our fruit growing seasons. We have been looking for varieties of fruit that can tolerate our climate and that has meant some uh, dietary changes too. It, it often means trying, for me, a new fruit. A lot of the times I go to the, right, before I started gardening, I would go to the grocery store and eat kind of the same standard uniform varieties of fruit you can get there. And I've actually discovered uh, tons of different things, tons of different varieties of berries I never knew existed before. And it's been a really awesome journey in trying to eat uh, more locally and eat more seasonally as well. Um, now, one of the reasons I've been trying to move towards uh, either growing or and finding fruit and then preserving it is because I honestly feel um, just fruit, getting fruit and fresh fruit into our diets here in northern climates it honestly i'm going to say it honestly for me i think it it sucks um it's i'm sure you know grocery stores and if you go to the grocery store for fruit you're doing your best and they're doing their best but you know you're getting fruit imported from other countries and it's you know kept refrigerated And it travels many, many miles and kilometers. And by the time it gets here, 
uh, like we're in northern Alberta and by the time it gets to the grocery store, if it's fresh, it's not like canned or frozen, it just tastes bland. It's been off uh, the vine or the bush for several days by the time it gets here. So it, it kind of just tastes bland and it also, you know, it also goes off really quickly. Like if I buy, if I were to go and buy um, like a punnet of strawberries or blueberries from the store, it lasts maybe one or two days in our fridge and that's it. It goes off very quickly. Um, so, you know, in the last couple of years, we've really tried, I'm, I was kind of over also spending a lot. It's very expensive. Okay. It's very, very expensive as well. And so I decided I was over that. Um, fruit here in the summer is actually very cheap to buy. And so I was thinking, how can I not only support local, um, how can I keep local and seasonal harvest and fruit in my diet? But also, how can I save money? A big part of it was the money aspect. And also just, I also wanted to ensure we also had a good stock of fruit in at all times as well. Because it is a lot, if you really enjoy fresh fruit, um, for us, it's lasting a day or two at a time. And then you're having to run out to the grocery store constantly. So the last couple of years, we've really, really changed the way that... uh, we think about growing fruit here, harvesting, preserving, and how and when and why we eat uh, the fruit that we do. So the first part of this episode will probably be, I'm going to talk more about how I uh, find fruit here, um, how we eat it, how we preserve it. I talk about some of the uh, fruit that we forage for as well. And then in the second episode, I will, in part B, I will talk a bit more about what we actually grow and how we are trying to grow it and how we are just trying to increase our self-reliance on growing fruit as well. But for us, I definitely feel that trying to preserve it as best as you can is definitely a step forward for us in reducing that reliance on and saving money at the grocery store. Um, so, and this, like I said, this just works for us. I know everybody leaves vastly different lives and is in different places in their lives. And for us, I just, I was done with just for me anyway, it felt like just buying tasteless fruit that would go off in a day or so. And, um, I've actually had the discussion with other people, with work colleagues and people I know in general here. And we are just are, you know, it, it is, it's fruit, Getting fruit here in winter just sucks and it's kind of the way it is. So what are some steps we can take to try to increase the fruit we can get in our diet and um, decrease our reliance on buying all that uh, fruit that's imported from the grocery stores? So let's see. So I did make a bet with myself this year that I would not buy any imported fruit at all. And mostly so far, we're doing pretty well. Made it to the end of January. And we did buy one crate of oranges at the grocery store. And it lasted us a few weeks. And then when the oranges did start, they actually lasted quite a while. And when they did start to go off I used them and dried them for garlands 
in our house for uh, like holiday decoration. We made garlands out of the oranges. And then I also, when I took those garlands down, I used the dried oranges in fire starters. Um, so recycling for the wind so they didn't go to waste. So um, those are really good ways that we used up the oranges that we did buy. And you can also... Um, you can also just dry oranges as well. So as a way of preserving them, you can dry slices of oranges and keep them quite a while that way. And we did also buy some, um, not too much, but I think we maybe bought two or three boxes of fresh tomatoes. And it was kind of cool because I found them, they're actually grown locally here, greenhouse grown locally here. So I th actually thought that was um, neat for us here in our climate to be able to get some greenhouse grown tomatoes over winter and they were from our local area so I have been able to get some tomatoes um, but overall we have massively increased relying on buying um, you know those expensive boxes of imported fruit from grocery stores so what changes did we have we made this year um, we have a diet adjustment so like I said I've opened myself up to trying new things new foods new fruits so some of the things we have done we foraged this year for a lot of fruit so we foraged for Saskatoon berries and I did not eat a lot of those before in my life but this year we foraged a lot of Saskatoon berries they grow in abundance here if you know where to go pick for them and we also grew uh, foraged a lot of raspberries and if you know where to go find those they are very abundant as well here so I for we forage Saskatoons and raspberries this year and we preserve those in different ways so raspberries we preserved by freezing we froze some and then we also made lots of jams we made some raspberry jams with rhubarb from our garden we grow a lot of rhubarb it's very it grows very well here so we have lots of jars of raspberry rhubarb jam and we froze our raspberries and we also with the Saskatoons we also made jam from the Saskatoons and then we also made a pretty neat little um, Saskatoon rhubarb beer as well so that was a really good way of preserving and using that fruit um, and we also we stocked up in the summer season from uh, not only our own garden but from farmers market and local farmers so think of your local picks, think of your local farmers your farm stands your farmers market so we can get things like uh, we get you can get crates of peaches blueberries tons and tons of fruit um, we grow tons and tons of tomatoes here but you could also buy and pick those from local farmers so just tons of fruit, cucumbers as well, tons of fruit that is in season, just stock up. It's very, it's actually very, very cheap. If you think in winter, buying a little punnet of blueberries is going to cost you like five or six dollars Canadian. And I, you could buy crates and crates of them at the farmer's market for about $20. And they're local and they're fresh. And then we just froze. I have huge mason, those big mason jars, and I froze tons of blueberries as well. 
And another way I also, so we're still enjoying those frozen blueberries. We toss them, well, if you have a toddler, they enjoy just frozen fruit in general, putting that in a silicone feeder and gnawing on those. But we also toss those frozen blueberries into oatmeal or pancakes. So it's a way of getting those in our diet. And, or cookies, cupcakes, muffins. We also, um, I dried blueberries, which was our first for me this year. But I dried blueberries and uh, glazed them in honey, in some local honey we get also get here. And they turned out really well. I'm just starting to run dry of my uh, dried blueberry supply. But I've also been enjoying that in yogurt or as snacks. They kind of just taste like raisins. Um, so that went really well. That was a huge success for me this year. So I haven't bought, we haven't been buying any blueberries from the grocery store this year. We stocked up in the summer and we've been living off our preserves. Um, and like I said, berry picks are also good places. You can get buckets for really reasonable prices and then freeze them, dry them, make jams from them. Um, you can also preserve in like syrups. So peaches, you can buy crates of peaches. They were very cheap too from farmer's markets and then preserve them in your jars. You can them in a syrup and you can enjoy those. Um, with ice cream or just on their own as a dessert so super delicious we also um, we also have lots of apples here we have apple trees and we also have a neighbor's apple trees and we also foraged um, we found lots of apple trees in the wild essentially and we got lots of different varieties of apples so we have done tons we got oh so many apples and they were all free. This is the most amazing part, right? Like, we forage these apples. Um, and I do want to disclaimer, actually, if you ever go foraging, you need to make sure you know what is what. You know you have to be confident in what you're foraging and make sure you are comfortable with it, okay? So we forage tons of apples. We grow apples. And our neighbors also gift us crates of apples. And... Oh, that was so awesome. We had so many apples. We And all of this, like you said, it's for free. And we went out and we picked bags and bags of them. It's the time. They This is very time consuming. I get that. I, we had lots of evenings up till midnight, 1 a.m. canning and with the canner going. And But it's so worth it now. I'm pulling out. We canned apple pie filling. So I'm pulling out apple pie filling. We make crumbles. We just toss that on yogurt, oatmeal. Anything like that, we canned apple butter, which is a really delicious snack. And we also, um, what else we make? We made apple butter, apple pie filling, and we also made tons of, um, uh, we made some apple cider as well. So we brew, you can brew some apple cider. And also from then, from your apple cider, you can make your apple cider vinegar. So we don't buy in that much vinegar. We do buy white vinegar for pickling, but... For home use, we were able to just make our own apple cider vinegar that way. And what else do we grow here? Oh, and we also grow... Um, so one thing as well is strawberries. We grow strawberries here. And we have two varieties of strawberries that we grow. Um, and we preserve those as well we make jams we also of course eat them throughout the summer seasons but we also make lots of delicious jams and 
uh, flavor beers with them and we freeze those as well. So there's tons and tons of ways to preserve the fruit that you grow or you can buy in abundance at local farmers market if you have access to those. Um, so you can also strawberries that do grow quite well here. We've had lots of good success with them over the last few years. Um, and we also really enjoy not just strawberries, but you can also buy blueberries, apples. Um, and I think that's everything that we preserved. Oh, tomatoes. That was the big one as well. Tomatoes and cucumbers. We pickled tons of cucumbers this year. So we have lots of jars of pickles we're making our way through. And I would just use them in lieu of cucumbers, honestly. I have pickles on a sandwich. Um, and I will eat them just as a snack or as a side dish, depending on what is we are eating. And we also... Um, tomatoes. Now, tomatoes, too, they are very... They grow in abundance. They actually grow well here in the summer because our summer weather is quite nice for tomatoes. So we grow tons and tons of tomatoes. But you can also go to farmers and pick them. Farm stands have them. Farmers markets have them. And we make tons of... Um, we freeze batches and batches of tomato sauce. So we use that tomato sauce uh, for pizza, pasta dishes... Um, as bases for stocks or soups, whatever you might be making. Chili, you can toss it in there. And we also sun-dry tomatoes as well. So you can also make sun-dried tomatoes and they last a long time in storage as well, in long-term storage. So some really good ideas there. So I hope that's where I'm going to finish for part one of this episode. And I started, did at the end, I started talking about some of the things that we grow, but I hope that um, just was kind of a little bit of a leeway into ways that we buy and eat local and then what we do to preserve that fruit here in uh, northern climates. And I touched on some things at the end that we can grow. And next episode, we are going to get a little bit more into growing here. And I'll talk about some of the, vari- the varieties of berries and fruits that we grow here as well. And um, what what successes we had, what failures we had. So that will be for part two of growing and acquiring fruit in northern zones. Thank you and take care. If you have any um, comments, questions, feedback, maybe you have different successes, different methods you use, please get in touch with us. We love to hear from you at the Northern Grower Podcast at gmail.com or on Instagram at green.witch.seed.co or at our website and blog greenwitchseed.ca Thank you and take care.